Hi, welcome to the after party. Uh, this is where we sit down and talk about what we just did, what could have happened, what what almost happened, why things happened the way that they did, and answer your questions and just kind of get uh, behind the scenes, behind the screen uh, in our in our D and D game here. So we ended episode two, frozen in time in a tableau. We ended episode three, frozen mid fall. Eric, is every episode going to end frozen in a moment? <laughs> I can make no promises. I want to commission the listener who is like a classical oil painter to paint the like final tableaus of all of our episodes. I feel like that would be a really good, uh, uh, you know, collection. Yeah, I'm not really expecting all of these tableaus, like these frozen, uh, these frozen scenes, these freeze frames. Like the only ones I really care about are like people jumping up in the air and high fiving. But yeah, yeah. Uh, it just so happens. Credits like, roll. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's the end of another of another episode of the sitcom. So uh, this time it wasn't actually because of a, a freeze uh, time freezing spell, but what is kind of like the spell mechanics you're you're taking of to cause that uh, time to stop in the uh, second episode? Sure. So there is a spell called time stop, which I love. It's super powerful. It's you're actually supposed to use it in combat, which is really interesting. It actually just like lasts for four like four to six rounds. And if you actually attack someone or like do something to hurt somebody else, then time like starts up again. So it's like, I guess it's like giving wizards more time to like prepare certain other crazy rituals. But I just love the feeling of a monster or an item or any sort of magic just stopping time. Because isn't that what you would want to do in a situation where you just like every... stop and think and figure out what your next move is. Right. But of course, like even Alonzo can't do it because everything is happening. Even if you have magical time stop. And uh, I mean, I am going to tell you right now, I'm totally stretching the bounds of it. The fact that there were other people moving around you three um, is totally stretching the bounds of it. But even if you think that you have a control over everything, you really don't. I mean, I don't think it was completely – I don't think you were stretching it too much. There's definitely uh... – there's spells that could have been applied to us unknowingly that gave us resistance to time stuff. There's all these MacGuffins or answers to it. I'm just I just always love when a spell or a spell effect is given to an item uh, and and then is triggered accidentally. Uh, yeah. It didn't seem like Alonzo knew that he was about to do that. He definitely didn't react as such. And um, that's always fun because magical items are so much fun in this game. Especially like a family heirloom where people say to you, oh, this is important. We're not quite sure why, you know, and then suddenly, you know, when the when the need is great enough or whatever, it, it activates. And it is pretty mysterious why we are moving to like, I really want to know why that is. Um, it makes sense for someone with an amulet like that they in the amulet would do something amazing. But the fact that we are also able to observe what's happening. I'm I'm really curious what's going to end up having uh, having allowed that to happen. Listen, I'm not going to drop any spoilers in the after party. I mean, no one knows. It's obviously apparent that Alonzo has no freaking idea what's going on. And let's not forget that one of the stars in the sky winked out. What the heck? That was at the end of episode two, and I'm excited to see uh, what ends up happening and and having made that happen. One of the other standouts, I think, from this episode was uh, our friendly gargoyle friend, friend guy. Stone Cold Steve, Steve Gargoyle. Oh, jeez. So 
I mean, not to definitely not to come off of flipping because I love Stoneface and I want him to be the main character now. <laughs> but, yeah, can I, join our party. But why? Can I switch? But can I switch my character? <laughs> I, I don't want to be. I want to be Stoneface. Forget your like cool magic robot lore. Nah, I'm all about that gargoyle life. Yeah. So, 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 so why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Whence and wherefore? There are gargoyles. There are gargoyles on big castles. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I mean, shout out to all my Disney people out there, but doesn't like, that's the best part of Hunchback of Notre Dame are the gargoyles and how they're messing around with each other and making Kraken, Kraken wise. And... Wow, I have not watched that movie as an adult and I feel like now I have to. And speaking of like items and things with, with amassed power and like institutional knowledge, I'm sure gargoyles have like seen some stuff. You know, and that would that would be pretty cool to like interrogate a gargoyle about the things that they've seen at their castle over time, much like the amulet. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to see how his sandwiches have fared over time. That's just not <laughs> something I would want. I'm sure that's so gross. Do you think he eats the sandwiches or he just like watches over them? This is not a question for the DM. This is a question for the players. <laughs> well, I mean, gloop was a word that just went straight to my head. It's just all like <laughs> just like dried, crusty bread. That's filled with mold with a gloop of what must have in the past have been a tuna salad with extra mayo just now, just all gloop, mostly translucent. Lettuce and dust. (laughs) (laughs) Lettuce and dust. I love you guys. You guys can't stay still in a room for more than 15 minutes. Man, Uh, listen, I thought that just by giving us 15 minutes, there was space for something to happen, but I guess it didn't. No, I am not an idiot. We were in prison, again, just a fancier <laughs> prison. We had a prison with better beds, apparently California king-size beds that were bunk beds. And, and we, I am not about that life. And we got to see a critical fail. So how are these tools actually supposed to work? Oh, uh, oh my God. You know how well we, ro- we rolled in the first thing? We rolled so We rolled bad. as badly as we did well the last time. Thieves tools are... What I, there aren't a lot of things in Dungeons & Dragons... That just kind of let you do certain things. Like weapons, you can still hurt people, but weapons make you hurt people better. Like horses, if you're riding something, they make you, your speed just goes up. But thieves tools literally give you the ability to do something um, that you weren't able to do, which is pick a lock. Uh, So you just, you add your uh, proficiency bonus if you're proficient in it. I think rogues inherently are. Yeah, you get a plus two to... to, um... Yeah, so you make it, it's, uh, and then plus your dex modifier. So I just, I, I, I mean, I just think they're great. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to bet, I don't know what the uh, DC or difficulty, uh, difficulty challenge was for that door and that lock. I'm willing to bet that if she had even rolled, if, if, if Amanda had rolled even just a two, probably she would have been able to get through it with all the bonuses, except it was a one, so... Everything just went to heck. And as we covered last time, a crit fail means that the worst possible outcome happens, and that 20 means that the best possible thing happens. Uh, but listen, guys, Inara is a, a baby rogue. She's learning what her thing is. I mean, I love whenever uh, whenever you do a roll a 20 or a 1, how how you go on to explain it. Uh, that's like the, the chemistry bef- between a DM and a player to t- kind of tell the story. Inara is a newbie um, rogue. 
you know, it's not going to haunt her that she couldn't do this, but it's something that it's part of her story now that she was unable to handle a simple door to the point that she even lost one of the parts of her. Uh, Thanks, of her Dad. <laughs> no, well, I, I, Fish is calling Anara out. <laughs> no, I mean in terms of like the storytelling of the character and like part of the history, because each of these actions, everything that happens to all the players, every role adds to the story and how the player reacts. You know, like from from. Uh, uh, Charlene and 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 Tracy's interactions, um, or 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 Johnny B. Good uh, Goodlight unable to really party down with James, the uh, the 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 medicine dwarf. These are all things that are now just part of who they are, and I I just love what a twenty or a one really does to that. Yeah, and that's part of how we are adapting to to like our histories and interests as players. Like I don't know D and D that well, and I don't know how to use these tools. So the fact that my character can also be a novice and allow me to learn as we play without like breaking our our universe was like a really smart adaptation that Eric made to my character, so that I was able to you know not drag you guys down. Mm-hmm. And Tracy uh, is probably going to pick up a book on not tying next time he's in the town. <laughs> Uh, and learn how to do that properly. I think I yeah, can just d- see his like metal and wood hands just being like uh, how 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 just being like really like oven mitts trying to like there, there not was, and not. Oh, it was the oven mitts he was wearing? That's damn, what happened. Ah, oh, oh, damn! He never took those on. off. I know. He has like a tiny apron across his gigantic broad chest. <laughs> oh yes, that is very uh, true. So in this episode, we've seen our first full day end. So we 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 you know passed the night and slept. Um, now there is a difference in D and D between long and short rests. So we assu- I assume did a long rest because like nighttime happened. So what's that all about? So even though you 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 were all frozen in time from episode two to episode three, you had not rested at all. You guys still had damage done to you, and there were still spell slots that had been expended. Uh, and at the end of a long rest, all that stuff comes back. Uh, you're just like, you're sleeping, you're sleeping through the night. If you just get like an uninterrupted, uh, four, five, six hours of sleep, then you get all that stuff back during a short rest. And I like never use short rest because I think it's kind of just like, you're kind of just like biding your time in between. You use your hit dice, which is what, uh, dictates your HP and it, like makes your HP grow every single time. So like every single class is different hit dice. Barbarians is like super high while clerics are super low. You roll that and that is the certain amount of HP that you get back during a short rest. And you want to get like a certain number of times you can do it. Like you have three or four hit dice, right? Yeah. It depends th- on your level. It depends on your level. But like sitting around the campfire waiting for 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 it to become dusk before like a raid – you know, that's a short rest. For any kind of magic user, and that's even ancillary magic, like a monk uh, that uses key, these short rests are very important. Um, when it comes to spell slots, I um, uh, Johnny used color spray, which meant that he had, only, he had only assigned himself one use of it, which meant it was no longer there. With that rest, he now can use it again and possibly even switch out, like Eric said, what spells he can use uh, the next day. And how closely are we paying attention to like the the like biology of this game? Like mm. I, I know that there are ways that you can calculate weight and speed and velocity and like eating and drinking and the stuff. The physics. How of deep D&D. can you how deep can you go? We do know that our world does have gravity. It definitely has gravity. Nice. <laughs> gravity nice. Uh yeah, you can go really hard into some of that stuff like food, water, exhaustion, uh like general heebie jeebies. Uh but I know I really I think that if you want to go figure out your food and water, I can't keep track of that. And like, I don't want you guys to get super hungry. This is an Oregon Trail. It's D&D. You can get dysentery on your own time. 
Is uh, there fantasy dysentery? Yeah, fantasy, fantasy dysentery. It's way worse than normal dysentery. <laughs> what I think is really interesting is Tracy's ability as a warforged to be a sentry. So what is sentry mode exactly? Because like everyone was sleeping, but you didn't, but you still got your long rest. Like what's the deal? Yeah, as a warforged. Uh, so I'm a living construct, which means... Even though I was constructed, I am a living creature. I am immune to disease. I do not need to eat or breathe, but I can ingest food and drink if I wish. Instead of sleeping, I enter an inactive state for four hours each day. I do not dream in this state, but I am fully aware of my surroundings and notice approaching enemies and other events as normal. So it's like power nap in, in Mac. You're doing stuff, but your screen's off. Or yeah, you're I'm still like observing de- the world. I'm defragging, I think, is the... <laughs> yeah, or like, or like vampires and Buffy, where like they can eat and drink, but they don't have to. Vampires are computers, so that's why they, they're the same. It's true. Same. That's a fact. Yeah. Buffy is actually short for buffering. Buffering <laughs> Summers. Oh, no. <sighs> I like that one. That was very good. Uh, or, yeah, we've just entered the season of spring, colon, buffering summer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's really fucking... <laughs> Most of the time, Dang. when I make jokes as we play, the boys look at me and then let it become quiet and then redo that take. But I'm glad that sometimes the jokes make it in. It was really good. I really like that. Uh, can I ask? This is actually more for the players because I don't think you can say it. What Sylvanas was a dude that we met that was not Sylvanas that you were impersonating. I'm very confused by this. As was I. I uh, asked about it. Apparently, he is, as I wrote down, he's purple-dressed, old Kiko, Sylvanas Kiko. I'm assuming he's the patriarch. He made a note of being the representative uh, from what I understand from the wonderful history of the uh, world that Eric wrote and recorded. The concentric states each have a representative that go to Concentra, and I believe that Sylvanas – I don't quite know the government of of, – Enough, but I do believe that's a, a, a he's voted for. Yeah, let me let me just make this clear uh, because you guys were too busy doing dope ass handshakes to actually ask him and let him talk about his name. Understandably, uh, this is Sylvanas Kiko. He is the patriarch of the Kikos. He is Alonzo and Max's dad, and he is the representative to Concentra on behalf of Fidopolis. It yeah, it is a vote. Um, but it's also like sort of just like a popularity contest in that way. I mean, you can tell like the Kikos are the most powerful family for whatever reason. And maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we won't. And I assume that he has the same name as Sylvanas Stormborn because, you know, you name your kid after the king. Like like that's a thing that happens. And so I'm just assuming that because Sylvanas is the patriarch, not the king, but just like the, the most important guy in the in the um, in the city of Fetopolis that just babies named after him. Is this like a like a halfway point between like representative democracy and um, uh, monarchy is this what's happening? Because yeah, it's. Pre- I mean, it's pretty close. I'd like to think that it was. Um, I mean, as we talked about in the histories, the they came up with this idea of like a representative government, how all all five of these city states are working together. But I mean, they they didn't really do any work to like actually have a real democracy. It's more like like the the Roman Republic. You know, it's not like a straight up up and down Greek direct de- democracy. Or like the UK Parliament, where it's like, oh, you elect people, and also there's the House of Lords. Like, yeah. why? Just because we've always had one. Bye. Yeah, it's a lot closer to that. Yeah. And we may see like different shades of government within each city state as to how the powerful families come up, perhaps. Or, uh, yeah, well, we might see it. I mean, all this, uh, the each city is definitely different, and we'll see that as we, the map grows. Uh, right now, y- y'all are falling out of a castle wall. I'm, I'm going to try to think about how what's going to happen next. Listen, I had nothing ready for y'all jumping out a window, 
But things would have been. You're kidding. No, I, I could not. see you making up in your head when, when Michael asked if there was a window and you're like, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, like the fantasy gears in Tracy's head that turn when he thinks of detective work? That I literally saw that in your face. When you were, you were like, is there that. a window? It would be fun if there was a window. Okay, there's a window, which I love. Like, like that's how this game works. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could have done the easy thing and have like the 240 pound like metal and wood thing ran through the door but that wasn't fun i i just the it screamed okay we're supposed to be free i don't even want to look at their face let's get out of here for some reason i've gone from 270 to 250 to now to 240 i thought it was originally 240 you're sweating out weight as, as, we, as we wow. fall through uh-huh. the air i have i definitely said 240 multiple times i put on a lot of like uh water weight water weight, water weight. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you get nervous Listen, you guys, I love that. I mean, I didn't have any of that prepared, but so much happens when one thing goes wrong in D&D, and that is my favorite thing. Like, you can't crack a lock open, so something totally different happens, and you interact with that space. I mean, there could have been another way for you to get to the uh, Bumble Rookery. But this way involved a bedsheet. Which to me is super cool because this isn't just like when I when I thought about D&D before I started playing, it was like, oh, well, I guess I just decide everything. Like we're mm. just here sitting at a table and we decide what happens and what fails and what and what succeeds. But I, I love that that like you that Eric and other DMs can like mix in a smart way what they allow for story purposes and for fun, you know, j- just to keep going and what actually we let the dice decide. And we've spent a lot of this episode solving problems together and like discussing what we're going to do next, which is really interesting because I feel like episodes one and two, we were just like doing stuff and reacting to stuff and like getting it done. Um, but this episode, I mean, if, if you go over and think about the plot points that happened, um, like we successfully stopped an assassination, uh, a, a lovely wedding continued, uh, and then we woke up and jumped out a window. <laughs> but, and so like like plot wise, not a lot occurred, but I feel like like we as a party, you know, have have tested out a lot of the things that we'll have to do together and, and like know each other a little bit better. And I don't know, it was just, it was interesting in a different way. And I appreciate that we did kind of change the way we were handling things because we should be switching back and forth. There's going to be times where Johnny's not going to want to like discuss with you guys on how to, how to tackle an issue. But Michael, I really just, all I want to do is pre-plan every move and it's going to get to the point that the two of you are not going to want to talk to me anymore about it. And you're just going to do something. And I'm going to be like, no, you shouldn't have. Oh, gosh. I do also like that we like we talked to Charlene and I threw an insight check and I gleaned that she was not part of the Red Throat gang. So, like, if I had gotten that information and she was part of that, it would have gone a whole different way. And I would have it would have been in a big battle or something. Sure. I think I, I totally agree. I want to point out, like, the plot points in which y'all hit as opposed to one and two and three. One and two was one big, basically, like, it was a heist, or in so many words. You snuck into a place, and you were trying to protect a person of interest while hidden. That is, like, that is straight-up action movie. Here's what you guys did in, in three. You tried to find a cure for a very powerful poison. You had to talk down someone who was having an emotional breakdown. You needed to navigate... A, a very powerful family who then is treating you who were prisoners about three hours before and with like we were loving you and then you had to clean up your mess and then you might have been locked in another jail cell and had to figure out whether or not you should trust the person who you just helped or 
wanted to like spurn them. And then you had to decide how you were going to escape. All of those things are infinitely more cerebral and is not a good plot for an action movie. But I thought it was interesting. I had a great time. So it's just another like flavor of adventuring and another way that, you know, D&D campaigns can go. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like waves like this. You're going to you're going to have these big giant set pieces that will take time or 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 move very quickly as as it, as it may come out. But you have these moments where you you get a lot of character development where w- I think we found out a lot about the nature of some of our characters today because of the way we acted in these very specific situations. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think we learned that Anara is more of a – at least in maybe her age, she's more of a wait-and-seer. Um, or Trace- she's she's testing out what she's going to be. So Anara sure. is, is like, you know, this is like her third day away from home. Yeah. Uh, and so I think she is sort of testing out what her response ought to be to things. Uh, and so maybe next time she'll just try going for it. Maybe rush toward whatever the danger is, you know, or just try to like solve the problem. Another time, maybe she would have tried the door again. It didn't even occur to me to try the lock again. Like I think that's maybe just my style of uh, or my background as a as a player coming through where like I haven't played that many video games before but I'm used to being like oh is this the door to go through no oh I guess it's this one that's the predetermined door that I ought to be going through so like I I sort of take no for an answer when I'm playing games Mm. which maybe I shouldn't be yeah and uh Johnny is um what how would you describe Johnny so I mean he wasn't going to stay in there. There wasn't going to be a way that he would stay. Like he's, I, I, he doesn't like to be held back. I guess the the what what do you mean? He seems like it seems to me that he was he a lot more of his um, like trusting nature came through when he when Anara asked him like point blank like Hey, can we just sit for a second and, and wait while Tracy was basically kicking he was him out the window? Her. I mean, was I'm he humoring her? Was he trusting? I her? think it's a it's a little of both. Anara. Is is a is a, is I think a really cool character because she's still trying to figure out what she wants to do in her life and how she acts and how she is and her choices and whether or not she wants to be the patient one or not, and and Johnny Goodlight he's been around for a while he's a half elf which means he's going to live uh, pretty long I I have him as a he's a hundred and three I mean he he's fairly old he's he's been through a lot so he'll he wants to get out that window but he'll wait fifteen minutes first he he'll be patient I I think that like that's also why. He would resurrect Tracy because he sees that, you know, who knows? And maybe we can get into it in, in a further character history, like why why he, he saw Tracy and wanted to bring him back or why or just in general, why he has patience for Inara, some random scamp that was thrown in jail with them. Like, sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think Tracy kind of um, further highlighted that he is he's made his decision 10 minutes ago and he's acting on it with regardless of whether or not you're with him. He wants to bring you with him. But he knows what is, in his mind, the right decision, and he's going to act on it. What's funny about Tracy, though, is that he he pretends like he's easily convinced. A bunch of times with the last few episodes, Tracy, all someone has to say is like one good point, and Tracy's like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it." That's the one. But that's because it's not be it's not because they have given him one good point. It's because they've said that one good point within that. 10 milliseconds after they said it, he's done a million calculations in his head and he's run every scenario against it. And he said, yep, that's the right choice. Going to do it. Mm. I feel like he definitely has like uh, uh, strength of his convictions. Like once he decides to do something, that is the plan of action. Yep. Uh, Whereas Inara is, I think, always, you know, second guessing. And every time she like follows through on an impulse, she's like, oh my God, I'm doing this, you know, and, and just like, I don't know, very, very in her head about things. Well, and I think, I think, you know, that might come out to be a strength or a weakness eventually in, in Tracy's character. So we'll see how that plays out. But 
And I, I like that this is also sort of an adaptation for us as players. Um, like, I I don't know what the thieves' tools are. You know, like, I don't know what rogues are meant to do. Um, so making the character decision to uh, have a beginner character that's learning the ropes as she goes helps the game be fun for me while not, like, holding you guys down. Because there's I don't have to, like, flip through my handbook and learn things that my character already knows. You know, like, like we're sort of adapting the game to fit what we are bringing to the table. I think that Anara is bringing some cool, cool stuff to the rogue class. I think it's really easy. The rogue is a trickster, and he's going to go around and pick pockets and sneak attack. I don't want to play with that DM. No. But, that's, <laughs> but, but, like, isn't that what rogues are mechanically made for? Like, sneak attack is the big thing. Thieves Can't is just, like, some cool flavor. Uh, they're, I mean, they're not much... What else can they do other than sneak up on people and do massive amounts of damage and steal stuff? That's their thing. I think the three uh, characters, their classes don't really matter as much. And it's it's, it's like a good – I think a sign of of a good RPG in general where you are not as confined to a class. You know, you have Tracy who's a detective but also a barbarian but also, you know, like – a loving creature, unlike most maybe barbarians kind of like come out to be. Uh, Inara as a rogue really isn't that like, I'm just going to come behind you and sneak attack. I'm going to come behind you and Cut your purse down your throat. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> That's it. And, and you know, like even Johnny, like breaking most conventions of warlock by being a more positive and happy creature as opposed to most warlocks are sad, depressing things. Shout out to Unearthed Arcana for letting us do it. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit representative, too, of how we approach the game, which is, you know, use the canon as a guideline. Take what you want, you know, make informed choices about what you want to change and, like, make it fun for yourselves. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, raise my solo cup to two separate groups of people. One are the people who love doing, like, food and drink and, like, exhaustion RPGs out there. That's such a different game than anything I want to play and I'm good at, which I think are intertwined. So, like, if you want to do that stuff, there's stuff in the DMG, uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide, that is just all about, like, going crazy and, like, fending for yourself and, like, doing Oregon Trail, and that is awesome. But I also want to raise a solo cup to us who figured out alternative ways to use the medicine check and the survival check. I think those two are really tied together because it's like, oh, I broke my leg because I was running in a riverbed and now I need to like stabilize something. Or survival is like, look at these berries. And that might be because we don't have (laughs) (laughs) – and that might be because we don't have a ranger and like that's very inherent to them. But like I love that tying knots is survival. I'm going to use that from now on. I think that's great. And I love that like medicine should also be alchemy because D&D has not figured out how alchemy works just yet. And making potions is so cool. Shout out to Skyrim for getting me excited about making potions. And, um, I mean, we're just going to figure it out. We're we're appropriating this game as it goes along for what we like to do. Our hot takes are just, like, what we care about and what we think is fun. And we will raise our solo cups to you, Eric, for adapting the things that we want to do and figuring out how to translate them in the laws of the game as they are given to you. Like, I, I want to make an antidote out of poison kit, and you're like, okay, let's figure out how to do it. You know, so that is, to me, what makes this game fun. I don't have to worry about breaking your game. I, I can say stuff, and, and the universe is, like, elastic enough to accommodate it. Yeah, and that's not a hot take. That's just, like, how you should live your life. Thank you. 
Just be elastic to let That's choices. a life tip from Eric. Yeah, put that on a pillow. T.I. once wrote a wonderful song called Rubber Band Man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wild like the Taliban? That's right. Oh, no. This seems like as Wilder. good a time as any to wrap up this after party. Like most after parties, it's gone on a little bit too long. You can't. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Well, this after party may be over, folks, but the after after party never ends. So you can reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Join the Party Pod. Uh, email us if you have in depth questions or stories, anecdotes about campaigns that you've been in. Um, join the Party Pod at Gmail, and just ask us your questions. Um, so again, if you don't understand something, if you have questions, if you really liked something, we want your feedback. So uh, please get in touch. Thank, thanks, Amanda. Nice. So we'll uh, we'll see you in two weeks with our new episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Rubber band man, wild like the Taliban. <laughs> Nine in my right, 45 in my other hand. Wow. <laughs> I hope you got that. <laughs> <laughs>